Are we on? Are we on? We're on the air. We're on. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio. Coming to you live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in beautiful downtown Brooklyn. We're back. It's America's America's downtown, John. That's right. America's downtown. You know? We've been doing it now for more than a year. Show's been on for more than a year. Two plus. No, has it been that long? I think so. No, I don't think so. All right. I think more than a year. And um, I'm not going to talk about the sponsors today. I'm okay. thinking I'm go- we're going to go commercial free. Whoa. Wow. That's what I'm thinking about. You heard that was Tony Tony Rotono's here? Rotuno? Very flattered to be back on Brooklyn Paper Radio following my inaugural appearance uh, days after I started here in America's downtown. Yeah, you got a voice for radio. It's true. Without question. Tony's our deputy editor, covers downtown Brooklyn, uh, works with on the Brooklyn Paper and... Our sister publication, the, the Park, Park Slope, Slope Courier. Courier. Whoa. You can never forget your sister. Can you I just say, this means we got in this studio the deputy and the chief. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, he's the deputy, you're the chief, and I think that makes me a special agent. It's a special It's Johnny's birthday today. Happy birthday, Thank Johnny. You. Thank you. Hey, do I ask how old you're turning? A Curtis Martin, 28. Curtis Martin wore the number 28. I will wear that number for the next and 365 days. But Curtis Martin played right field for the Mets? Might as well have. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know myself. Yeah, so. Tony has, has Sounds about right. It's all right. All right. Right field. For the, that was Curtis Granderson. That was Curtis. What it, oh. who, who was Curtis Granderson for 500? What number was he? 42, actually, since you asked. Well, let's see. I'm not there either. I'm pretty. Okay. All right. I'm not there either. Listen, it's exciting to be here on Brooklyn Paper Radio. It's very exciting because we have another number that we'll be focusing part of this show on, which is the number 18. That's right. Which, Vince, if you'll inform our listeners, stands for... It's the 18 to watch in 2018. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Um, give you Johnny, Johnny. Give you a... Do we have a... There oh, we you got it. That hum is terrible. Uh, it's a bad hum we got. Okay. We're doing a great job, though. So no, really, we haven't we haven't been here for a while. It's been a but while since you've been on. In that time, we put out a number of different newspapers, lots of of breaking news that has happened that we didn't get a chance to talk about, and then lots of other news that we did get a chance to talk about that we also didn't get a chance to talk about, including eighteen to watch in eighteen, which are our lists every year. We put together a list of a certain amount of people or things that you want to watch, things that are going to happen during the course of the year. Keep your eye out on. It's was a, it's a very sorry. popular franchise and an important franchise, you know, to to just keep our readers on the ball as far as what's still up in the air and what what may fall um, in the coming months. Yeah, and I want to point out how far we've come, because originally it was one hundred to watch or ninety to watch in oh nine. That's oh when we sta- that's when we started it. It was ninety to watch in oh nine. Wow. That's how the, that was the uh, that was the franchise. That's what began the franchise. High number. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what we were thinking, but we've since cut it back a little. But it's still just as important. It's it's very important. Um, you know, the number doesn't necessarily matter. It's it's the words to watch that I think really w- should be what you pay attention to because these are stories that are continue to break, continue that are continuing to break so much so that we may not go in numerical order, but one of the stories we advocated watching just had a very big development. It just over broke the past just now. Days. It, it's breaking. If you go to brooklynpaper.com right now, you just head over there, and you'll see case closed. DA won't charge driver who hit and killed Greenpoint cyclist last summer. Now, that Greenpoint cyclist was uh, one, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Net- 
Neftali Ramirez. Neftali Ramirez. Yeah, he worked at uh, Poly G's, one, one of my favorite places in uh, in Greenpoint, where we go so every once in Doesn't a while. Doesn't Paulie have a nickname for you? He calls me his senator. Senator. He thinks I'm his senator. He also thinks I live in New Jersey. But well, that's Paulie you know, for you. All right. You that's, win some, you lose some. That's Paulie for you. But uh, so his one of his his delivery guys was leaving work. It was late at night in uh, the summertime. Got hit by a uh, garbage truck and was killed. Sadly. And we had been following the story to see what happened with um, the follow-up, if any charges would be pressed, if uh, anyone would be arrested for this, if, or if what happened. And we really had a tough time uh, getting information on it, isn't that right? Yeah, it was hard. You know, we've had two reporters following the case now over the course of its six, nearly six-month um, development. And from the get-go, it was very hard to get police to open up about their investigation and what they had found, you know, right away, they seemed to identify the driver and the company he worked for, a private carding company. It was not a, 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 a Department of Sanitation vehicle. It belonged to a private carding company that picks up trash from businesses across the city. Um, action carding, I believe. Yes, it is action carding. Um, I'm, I'm sure not afraid to say. Many of you have seen the trucks rumbling by. Um, mm-hmm. And don't don't they have a, a business with the Yankees? They do. They, they they if you listen to Yankee games, they're one of the uh, companies that advertise at the beginning and after the game. Brought to you by Action Carding. Action Carding. So again, like I'm not the type of person who's I mean who wants to you know we this uh, gentleman died and now we want blood. No, I, I I'm not saying that, but I would like to know what's going on with the investigation and the person I put in charge of that was Julianne Cuba, and I think we're going to give her a call and have her... Yeah, I think we would like Julianne maybe, to, maybe she to come join right us. In here. This is like the morning papers. It's like the old days. Do you want to hear the song? Yeah, play the song while I call Cuba. Now, was this a hit and run, by the way? or It mm? was. It was a hit and run. Um, the driver hit his victim and then drove away um, from the scene. <clears throat> Johnny, you working the phone there? Uh, yeah, you got the phone. Let's, uh, so it's a little... Yeah, do that button there. Hello. Hey, Julianne, you're going to come in and talk about this whole thing? Right now? Yeah, right now. Okay. You're on the air. Okay. Bye. Okay. Our reporters are... That also sounded terrible. A little echo going on. Yeah, that working. better not be like that when uh, we get our phone call later. It's a good point. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, she's going to come in now, Julianne Cuba. So Julianne Cuba began reporting this story probably in November. Um, so she's been on it for several months after our former reporter started working on it in July. That was Gilly. It happened. Yes, the great Lauren Gill. Gilly covered this for a while. Who's graced this program many a time. Yeah, no, she was on a lot. She came out, she was talking about Bruce Springsteen and Bright Eyes. Two very important issues here in Brooklyn. Ooh, incredible. All right, so first of all, Julianne, I want to welcome you to Brooklyn Paper Radio. Thank you. And... Uh, I think we already talked about you working downtown, right? Did we? We, yeah. we already went over that. We so everybody knows. All right, you got to get close to the microphone. That's the I rule. I was told to speak up last time. Yes, you were told to speak up, and uh, you know you don't have to necessarily think about what you're going to say, but just say it so that we all can hear it. Okay. All right, sounds good. So tell us a little bit about this case and what we learned this week, and how tough it was to crack this nut, so to speak. That is the police department and uh, the DA's office. Well, the DA's office announced this week after we reached out to them that they officially closed this case and can't prosecute the driver. 
um, after the police department closed their own investigation but never said anything really officially in um, August. So the DA took over, did their own, I guess, reinvestigation. Um, A reinvestigation? I didn't know that happens. So the police do their investigation, and then the DA came in and did a separate? It's not really separate. as They take still some of the evidence and the data that was collected from the police department, but they do. They also brought in like a um, crash re... Uh, an accident re- reconstruction and, and, yeah. expert, I think is yeah. what they call them. To mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, I assume, reconstruct what happened in that situation. On July, 22nd. and what did they learn? What 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 did happen? What, what were that able to he find did out? not know that he hit the twenty-seven-year-old. Okay, Whoa. so the driver who was not named. No, they never named the driver. We Unnamed. don't know. Who, we don't know who the driver is, uh, but we do know that he was driving an action carding truck and um, hit this person, but didn't know that he hit the person. Yeah. So you can't be charged with the crime if you didn't know you did it. Is that true? I don't know. Is that true, Julianne? Apparently it is true. I in mean, this case, the facts suggest that that is because true. Because that seems kind of odd. Because I would think if I took a gun and shot it out into the street and didn't know I killed anyone, I would still think I'd be liable for that shot. Negligence, right? I think that I would Negligent. be... No, that's, that's murder. If not uh, murder, possibly manslaughter. Right. Downgrade. Which, which right. sounds worse than murder. Yeah, it does sound way more graphic and, and brutal. Yeah, and almost like, you know, thought about. Yeah, no, and, and that... But apparently and I, it's not the case. And that, I think, was a big uh, issue in this case was, was thought or, or intent and, you know, and, and knowledge of what Well, what I think happened. intent is always, you know, the out for drivers when they, when they hit someone. I mean, you know... You could be driving a car, you might be distracted, you might be trying to change the radio station or something like that. You accidentally hit someone. It certainly was not your intent to hit that person. And I think police officers recognize this, see a terrible situation, and then think, well, you know, this person really didn't want to do this. It's a terrible, terrible accident and should probably not do time. But there is the other side of the coin where people say, no, that person is really responsible when driving a car and has to take as much um, caution as possible when driving and uh, and should be liable when even when accidents happen is is, is that what's what's going on here yeah I, I you know you it makes you wonder there are there are many different forms of punishment you know incarceration being one of them but but there's there's something you know, you have to wonder why there's not any sort of repercussion here, um, community service, uh, uh, you know, something. That's driving class. Driving class. You know, How about they just take away your license? How about if you kill someone? Something that holds you accountable, because accountability, I think, is one of the only things that might prevent recklessness in the future. Did they say the bicyclist, you know, was a little reckless in their driving? Is that part of this whole thing? Julia? I never said and saw anything about the way that he was right. No, we don't know how he was hit by the, how he was hit by the uh, No. We don't know anything about that. And appa- and um, And we're not getting that information from the police department. I have not or heard back from the police department. They I probably have to foil for it. There's no s- video footage showing the actual crash. There isn't video footage there's showing not. the actual crash, but there's video footage of the truck, I'm sure at some point, right? Before and after. Before and after. 
but not during. Not very during. convenient. Yeah. And where was the where did the video footage come from? Was it city uh, footage or was it footage from uh, like local businesses? And I, I'm not from? sure. It's a good question. Though. It's surveillance footage. We should clarify. We need to clarify public or private surveillance yeah. footage. Yeah, because I have cameras in front of my house, and the police have come to my house where um, people have been mugged in front of my house. You know, because I live in a crappy neighborhood. But um, they've asked me if they if I had any footage of the of the mugging, and can they have it? And have you always complied? I would comply if I had footage that actually. If you had footage. If that. I had footage that showed something, but I would check it myself. One one of the really sort of uh, strange narratives regarding this case is that, as Julianne mentioned back in August, cops announced they weren't going to arrest the driver, but at that time said they were keeping their investigation ongoing, you know, which prevented ju- journalists like Julianne and uh, and other reporters interested in in further investigating the case from receiving any sort of any evidence or any any you know details that that were part because of it because it was an open case because it was still open right and in discovering or uncovering the the district attorney's recent verdict Julianne found out that the case was being stated as open for far longer than it, it actually, actually was. was. Is that right? I mean, I I still don't know if the police... Because it was still being investigated by the DA, so I don't think that evidence still could have come out necessarily in the public when it's still being investigated somewhere. Got it's it. Still so that explains... Potentially. Could explain why yeah. they kept saying it was open. But they never referred me to reach out to the DA instead. And just, so it, I assumed that it was still being investigated by the police. Got it. Ah, so what, are, what did we learn from this, Julian? Don't assume. There you go. I've been telling you that for years. Isn't that in the rules? What rule? I, Which number? I, I think it's an unwritten rule. It's an unwritten uh, rule. We, we need to write it down. It should, it should, maybe it should be a written rule. Clearly, clearly we need to have the, the no assumptions Don't assume rule. the unwritten rule. But how difficult was it to get information? I mean, you had a tough time getting information from the police department uh, during, during this process. Can you, can you break that down for us? What were some of the things that happened uh, when you would call them up and ask them different, you were getting different answers, different mm-hmm. people told you different things? Break it down for me. So um, I reached out probably for like three months, called, emailed the police, and every time they would just say, there's no arrest, the investigation is ongoing. So I was like, okay, hit a roadblock, that's it. Then I just decided to reach out to the DA who told me that the investigation was closed, they can't prosecute. So I went back to the police department and said, they're telling me it's closed. One person who picked up the phone said, no, it's still open. I'm looking at it now, it says it's open. Called back five minutes later, another officer said, okay, well, if the DA is telling you that it's closed, then it's closed, Like, but it doesn't say it for me. Called back again, they're like, no, it, it still says open, um, but so I couldn't get um, any evidence or anything from them because according to them, it was still open, so I don't know if that like prevented them from giving me anything. Um, they told me to reach out for for the evidence in an email, um, they were very receptive receptive to my emails for the three months when the investigation when they were telling me that the investigation was ongoing. Mm-hmm. But now that it's closed, I've heard radio silence from them about trying to get that evidence. They're not responding to my emails at all. That's Brooklyn Paper radio silence. 
Yeah. No. No. Okay. I don't know. So you. So now that the case is closed, that evidence should become available to the public to take a look it at. It should be, yeah. Okay. So we should be able to get it. But in your attempts to get it, we're getting nothing. No answers. And I will no. foil it, but... Um, the freedom of information law? Yeah. That's what you're going to try to do there? All right. Well, I think it's, wor- it's probably worthwhile. So what do you guys think happened here? Do you think this was just a matter of uh, the police just doing what they nor- what you know what seems to come natural during these situations which is again you know try not to put somebody who didn't want to do something bad behind bars or do you think there's more to it than that well, Julianne. <laughs> I mean I think that I've seen like I guess law and order like murder shows like even if you don't mean to kill someone you can still be charged for something, whether it's like um, manslaughter. I guess it's like a reduced charge manslaughter instead of homicide or like negligence or like child endangerment or something. But so I don't understand why in this scenario someone still died and no one's being held accountable. It doesn't make sense. It, yeah, it's strange. You know, I, I, I do think that there is... You know, I understand the reason why you might not want to send someone to jail for, for what what may have been an accident, but but you know to hold to, to say that there's no way to hold the driver accountable for anything seems seems a stretch. And you know, we 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 reached out to Lauren, the great Lauren Gill, reached out to his employer early on in reporting this case, mm-hmm. and and you know, I think. I think that that company was was very um, cagey about about what they would reveal in their involvement, and it made you wonder, you know, if the company might be involved in a deeper way, or or you know what might be happening, what their role in it might be. Right. But, but they were not very forthcoming or friendly to our you know inquiries. Hmm. This is a garbage truck company, the carding company. Yes, yeah, that's. Uh well, the carding company is a big, it's a big business, and big when business. you're when you're a big business in New York City, you know who knows what how that can help you or hinder you uh, when when something come when something like this comes up. I mean, it could be could be extremely helpful. And um, there's no criminal charges going to be brought, but the attorneys could still file a civil lawsuit against the driver. That was my next question. So, do we know if there'll be a civil case, or have we I gotten in touch? Their attorney representing the Ramirez family has not returned my calls. And have you tried yet. to talk to the Ramirez family? I have not tried to talk to the Ramirez family. Yet. Okay, maybe we should look into that as well. It's nice that we can work all these things out on air. It's both entertaining and functional. <laughs> this radio. It's show. a look inside <laughs> the Brooklyn paper. If if only every meeting could be as fun. See see uh, see how things go down. All right, well, Julianne, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm going to uh, release you. Thank the you. lawyer might be calling her back now. We probably shouldn't. Keep yeah, her if you're in out there, Mr. Raskin, please call us. Okay, what's your number? 718-260-4577. Very good. Thank yeah. you, Julianne. Thanks, Julianne. So we got 17 more stories, right? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> that was that was one of the stories that we had in our uh, 18 to watch in 2018. Number 2. So so I, w- I would like to bring up another. It's actually number number one on our list. Wait, so number that was it. Number one. That was that. I said we might not go in numerical order. Okay. That was number 
You can hear me flipping the page. I love it. You hear that? That's real newspaper, people. Pick it up. It is real newspaper. Hey, there's an ad for our show. Yeah, I love that show. That that story was number 13, if you can believe it. Oh. And that is how you know, wow. important it is. So think about what number one is. No, number one is something we've been following for for years, way longer than I've been. And the number one in this You'll do story. my Casey Kasem. You know who Casey Kasem is? Yeah, he's 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 the guy who would name the top what top twenty. It was American top forty. Top forty. At forty. Did you know? But you didn't know Casey Kasem. No. Do you know Scooby Doo? Yeah, yeah. You know uh, Shaggy? Yeah. Casey Kasem. Really? The original Shaggy. He, wow. he did have a, yeah. such a a singular voice. Zoiks. <laughs> <laughs> he would do that. He was great. Yeah, yeah. And he did American Top Forty, and this is our countdown. And the number one. We get a little drum roll. You got the drum roll. No, and the better. It's worse than the bell. (laughs) And the number one, the number one. Hey, I can't have an upbeat song coming out of a dead dog. That's the greatest blooper of all. It's not even a blooper. They have they have some blooper. No, there's a Casey Kasem tape you could listen to online, uh, where Casey Kasem gets upset. He used to do these things called long distance dedications, and he does a long distance dedication or something like that about a dead dog, little scruffy. And uh, Little Scruffy died or whatever. And he was going into an upbeat song, and he just stops the show, and he's like, I don't know how many... And he's, like, really losing. And Casey Kasem was one of these, like, you know, like, salt-of-the-earth guys. Like, you'd never hear a bad word out of him, whatever. He was all-American smile and all that stuff. And and he's like, I don't know how many goddamn times I got to tell you I can't have an up-tempo song coming out of a dead dog! (laughs) (laughs) He's screaming. Oh, it's one of the greatest things. This is one of the is that live on air, too? No, it wasn't live, because okay. they would tape the show. Ah, I see. Mm. They would tape the show. But the number one Casey Kasem thing to watch in 2018 is, is go. Is the fate of Brooklyn Bridge Park, or Brooklyn's front yard, as we affectionately call it here at the Brooklyn Paper and Brooklyn Paper Radio. And, you know, now, again, three weeks into 2018, the that that topic has more new uh, more weight than ever because when we published it we referred to the fate of Brooklyn Bridge Park with regard to a decision a judge is going to make on the legality of two towers going wow. up at Pier 6. We should have kept Cuba in for this cuz she's working on it. She that was a call mistake. her back. No, I'm not going to call her back. Um, two towers though, huh? So two yeah, a twin they're not twins cuz one's taller than the other, 28 and 15 stories respectively, but two towers planned a long time ago for Pier 6 in Brooklyn Bridge Park that have basically, since their inception, been been um, opposed by a group of locals who... The Brooklyn Heights Association. The Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Heights, Heights Association. Association sued to stop these buildings from getting built because the rule for Brooklyn Bridge Park, Johnny, the original sin of Brooklyn Bridge Park, as we mm. used to call it, was that the park has to pay for itself. This is not a city-run park. This is a park that is run by the Brooklyn Bridge Park Corporation, which is a quasi-public corporation. Public-private partnership. Public-private partnership that basically they get some funding from the city, they might get some funding from the state, but the vast majority of it needs to be funded by the money the park itself is able to bring in on its own, and that's through restaurants. It's through the new hotel that's there. That's a hotel? Yeah, they got a hotel. Not no for nothing. They, they also, that hotel has a new, not a rooftop bar, but a, you know, a, a top floor bar with, with astounding views and 
Not surprisingly, astounding prices. I've heard. Do you yeah, have to be I, uh, staying at the hotel to go to the bar? Or? No, no. You can go oh, right now. Right. Funny Matter of fact, you if you want to go, get out of here. Just go. Get on out we'll of here. We'll do the show without yeah. you. <laughs> and you just go down there. You go up to the top floor. You go up to the top floor. You walk in. You sit down. You have a drink. And uh, it ran me like 30 bucks. Wow. One drink. Wow. Whoa. I'll drink and a half. <laughs> drink and but a half. But that view, though. Oh, the view is stunning. 30 bucks. And it's like looking down, you're watching the boats go by, and you're like, wow, they look like little toys. Oh, wow. Yeah, everything looks like little toys down below. You, you feel like you're like you're high above, up. Like some kind okay. of line out train you're that set. high, and you know, the world just seems. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not crazy high. Yeah, but it's high, and I it's didn't realize enough. it was that, like, that you got that sort of toy feeling from You, do. you yeah, do. It was pretty Which cool. is a great height. It's pretty so cool. You've so been there. So, again, <clears> uh, I was there last uh, Wednesday. So again, the the point is that Brooklyn Bridge Park has to pay for itself. So then, finances, how much money are they bringing in? Do they need to build these two buildings? So this is what's gone to court because the Brooklyn Heights Association says, look, we got your numbers, everything looks fine. And then the people that are running the park say, no, 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 it's not fine. We always need more money. And frankly, Brooklyn Bridge Park can build, the corporation can build whatever they want to build within the park uh, to keep the finances going. So... How does this connect to the latest update well, in this story? Tom? And that is why this, this story is truly one to watch. So uh, this connects to the latest story in that weeks ago when he was giving his annual State of the State address, Governor Cuomo made a very bold call to two state agencies, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority and the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, to look into kicking out the Red Hook container terminal that occupies piers 7 through 10, I believe, along the waterfront and starts right where Brooklyn Bridge Park ends at Pier 6. That's right where it ends. So kicking out this terminal that begins where the park ends. That's where they have the beer distributors there. Yeah, at Terminal Ah, 7. Every imported beer you drink in this city spends time in Terminal 7. Whoa. Um... So, and so basically, everyone has a connection to Terminal 7. I mean, you should all care if you've ever <laughs> sipped a foreign beer. Um, and also the, t- the two piers, I think, 11 and 12, that, com- that, that make up the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal yep. and are owned by the Port Authority. Cuomo wants to kick those all out and look into developing that waterfront. Not, uh, uh, oh, sorry, I don't want to get ahead of myself, and also look into bringing extending the one train from Manhattan to Red Hook and creating three new subway stations in the neighborhood. This plan... Kind of a good idea, you know, by the way. More transportation is always... When are you in Red Hook, Johnny? You can't get there with the train, so I'm never there. There you you go. Throw the one train. It's true. It's very hard to get... Listen, I live in Brooklyn and I never go there because it's just almost impossible to get to from where I live in Bushwick down. Still, you'd have to go to the city. That's why I drive. There you go. (laughs) And very politely, by the way. Yes. And you do go to Red Hook more than us? Uh, yeah, I with the car. I would argue. I've been to Red Hook more than you in the last year, I'd say that. Yeah, I would agree. So so Cuomo's, Cuomo's call, you know, it got, it got our heads scratching because previously, about two years ago, probably less than that, an engineering firm with executives who've past served on uh, at the Port Authority proposed a very similar redevelopment of Red Hook in which Brooklyn Bridge Park would be extended from its current terminus at Pier 6 
all the way to Pier 12. So slowly, or rather quickly, hearing after hearing the governor's words, we realized that what's really, you know, what this plan really will look like is a much bigger park if if it goes, you know, if it goes a certain way, which is kind of the way that it's already moving. So if that happens, then you're talking about Brooklyn Bridge Park extending basically from Atlantic Avenue, well, in total, from J Street in Dumbo. Yep. That's where it begins. It goes from J Street in Dumbo, and it wraps all the way around past Empire Fulton Ferry State Park, beneath the, well, beneath the Manhattan Bridge, it, through Dumbo, past uh, Empire Fulton Ferry State Park, past the River Cafe, underneath the, underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, wrap around to where the park is now, where the hotel is, where the condos are, keep going all the way past uh, down to where the new towers are going up already. Uh, along, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we on Van Brunt? We on Van Brunt? No, we're nowhere we near. We're on Van Columbia Dam? Street. Uh, Columbia. Then yeah. all the way down to where the new towers are going up, where it ends now, and then extending even further all the way into Red Hook Possibly wrapping around to like where the fairway is, something like that. Yeah, yeah, not far from where the fairway is. Yeah, that's sort of uh, on, that's on Atlantic right there, Basin. Yeah. A lot yeah. of park. Now, did they want to when they when they're talking about moving the um, or getting rid of the the docks that are uh, there now? Are they talking about keeping them in Brooklyn? Because they're like, talking about keeping them in Brooklyn. I mean, Cuomo was talking about keeping them in Brooklyn. I don't know that the that the firm's proposal, the firm is Acom A E C O M. I don't know that their firm went as far as finding a new location for the terminal, but Cuomo wants it to go to the um, Brooklyn Marine, the Brooklyn Army Terminal in Sunset Park. Not the Army Terminal, Not the, but no. in Sunset Park. Yeah, to, there, to are, the there are deep water, there are deep water docks and ports in Sunset Park that actually have rail connections. You know, the, the docks over on um, uh, off Atlantic Avenue and Columbia Street do not have rail, mm-hmm. but there are rail connections in, in uh, Sunset Park there are rail floats in Sunset Park. That At the Costco? Uh, yeah, it's near the Costco uh, on thir- off of um, 3rd Avenue. But, you know, lower the docks. Uh, believe it or not, there was a 1st Avenue in Brooklyn. Nobody knows Whoa. about it. There's a 2nd Avenue uh, all, th- all in Sunset Park. But, you know, they've always been very uh, commercial areas, manufacturing and stuff like that. That's all changing now. There's a, Changing you know, fast. There's a lot of stuff going in there. I mean, Costco was the first retailer going there, but now there is a right. uh, Saxwell Fifth over there. Yeah, Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, Bed Bath & Beyond is Brooklyn over there. Brooklyn Nets training facility. Yes, the Brooklyn Nets training facility At, yeah. is over Gotta there. Got to train somewhere. Well, that's kind of manufacturing. They're trying to manufacture points. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing so well either. No, but, no, they have no. To, they're going to have to work on that. So... It would basically extend, ex- it would move those piers over to there. I don't know what would happen to the cruise terminal. I don't know what would happen to the cruise terminal either. That that's that's a point that we need to we need to to investigate further yeah. as we stay on this developing story. But the key is, what did they have renderings? And did the Brooklyn paper publish any renderings of what it would look like? They did have renderings, um, and the Brooklyn paper. In this week's edition, which is out on Friday, Ooh. we'll have a really, really handy map that that very clearly shows the footprint of what this Brooklyn Bridge Park 2.0, as we're going to call it from now on, mm-hmm. could look like. Um, with renderings of very shiny, glassy buildings standing along the waterfront, not unlike those that already are in Brooklyn Bridge Park 1.0 that you can walk by, you know, Whenever you visit the park, hmm. so there are renderings. There, there is, there will be a map. It's, it's, 
it would be a whole new Red Hook, quite well, frankly. The question, I mean, the question I have is how much of it is park and how much of it is, is actual development? Well, because <coughs> the, the one thing about Brooklyn Bridge Park, it's it's not the Brooklyn Bridge Park. Um, it's the, the actual name. It's the Brooklyn Bridge Park Development Corporation. Corporation. Yeah. I mean, they're developing the park. They yeah. are building structures that aren't just park things. And, you know, you could say what you want about Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, I go to Brooklyn Bridge Park and I love it. Very nice. You know, it, it, there is no doubt that the the park aspects of, of what they've done down there are, is really really nice. Even if you just want to go for a walk, it's just a wonderful place to do those things. And you know, but this does open. It, it does beg the question: Is this the way we want to fund our parks? Mm. Do we want to fund our parks by having, you know, retail and and other money making opportunities within the park? I mean. If we were to say, if if I was the mayor of New York and I said to you, well, next week we're going to open up a huge hotel in the center of Central Park on the Great Lawn, I think they'd be hell to pay. Uh, but I would vote for you, though, just so you know. Well, I appreciate that, Johnny. You got it. I appreciate that. But the point is, you know, these parks are run a very, very different way. And they're, they are not funded through money that comes in from uh, the general tax from the ta- yeah from the taxpayer or, or conservancy like yeah but you know they still therefore those people's interests maybe aren't but they the still raise property values for the people around it so more money comes into the city uh, you know that way and um, you know and of course it'd be very interesting to see what happens in yes. Red Hook if if in fact Brooklyn Bridge Park is extended and. I mean, lots of condos on that waterfront is also a very good possibility, I would say. It's definitely a possibility. I will say quickly um, that the park, in response to our inquiry about this potential expansion, did tell us that its current footprint is, I believe, 90% built out. So they claimed that there really isn't, there's, I guess, 10% more development that could currently be authorized in Brooklyn Bridge Ooh, I Park. What, that, what as is that? Is. What is that development? What, what could it be? Is I'm not sure. I was originally planned. I'm not. I'm again. I'm not sure. We. W- I w- we'll have to have Julianne go back and check. I do know that there were. I believe the park is working on a new, um, like headquarters mm-hmm. along Furman Street, uh, maybe Pier around Pier Five. Um, so that could be the ten percent that's not complete. Um, yeah, I, I got to get into those offices. That's gonna be nice. Nice new offices. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> yeah. If sure. you're looking for a publishing outlet, we we're a great we're a great <laughs> group to welcome in. Um, so yeah, so that is the current footprint. Who's to say what they would say about a footprint double that size? I mean, to me, that seems a lot more opportunity for development, and because you'll need a lot more money to maintain it. Well, that was just two. That was two stories of the 18 things you've got to watch for. We're in, gonna be uh, here a while in 2018, and uh, just give me. Just give me, give me three more. Just throw them out there because we got to make a phone call. We got to move on to our next All segment. Right. What's the next, the, the next most interesting, the next three most interesting things? And then we'll just ask our readers. You know, pick up the paper, go online, check it out. You'll see the eighteen to watch. Go. I think the third on our list, the third most interesting thing, and right up there is what the heck is going to happen as with with moving along the repairs to the triple cantilever on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. Yeah, we had a whole show I on that. I know we've had shows about that. You know. Local politicians are pushing for this design-build legislation that will allow them to accelerate the process. But Albany, it, it's not getting anywhere in Albany. We, one thing to look forward to on BrooklynPaper.com and in this week's paper will be an interview with Brooklyn Heights newly elected state senator Brian Kavanaugh, who said accelerating that job is one of his main priorities. So, okay, 
you know, we've got fresh blood up in Albany. Who knows? Maybe this will be the year. Um, the other, another interesting, interesting story we're certainly watching, um, pun intended, is what will, what may appear on the framework that once hold, held the Watchtower sign above Brooklyn Heights. Oh yes. Um, we're watching that. It very used to say Watchtower. It doesn't say Watchtower. I heard thing. Batman was up there. They took no. They took down the Watchtower. And they took down the Watchtower side, but they, you know, they left up the time and the, the, and the flashing time and date, which was what's really the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. I, time yeah. and temp. Who yes. wears a watch anymore? I mean, all right, you got one more. And so the next story, which is which is really a story to watch for years because it is quite literally the biggest je- real estate deal to hit Diker Heights in a generation. Oh my goodness! And that is that's a good segue. That is the sale, the recent sale of the Angel Guardian Home campus. Um, a which takes up an entire city block and was sold by the Sisters of Mercy to an, a yet-to-be-named developer. Ooh, yet-to-be-named. Um, what do they develop? W- what they develop, we think they are going to develop it to within an inch of its allowable <laughs> zoning, if not appeal for new zoning. Who is yet-to-be-named? All right, let's get Julianne McShane in here. Let's yeah, we other have... Julianne, Julianne 2.0, <laughs> because she's the one. Let me give her a call. She's the one who is going. She's to, following uh, this beat, as yeah. as you may have surmised. It's a little south of my coverage zone, so. Hello. Hey, Julianne, you want to come on the show? Uh, sure. Hold All right, on. let's go. Now, why does it sound like? No, that? because I had the speakerphone on. I got uh, it. My bad, no, Johnny. Hey, listen, it's all right. I admit it when there when there's a problem. We're Chief. gonna have to. We're, we're bringing. Good. We're gonna bring in Julianne McShane, who's been covering the um, the, the Sisters sale. of Mercy Angel Guardian story. And she's going to she come in. Now. She's going to sit down. Covering it so well. Might I... possibly put on her headphones. I'm not sure. She's got a phone with her because you know how these kids you are today. Know. You know how the kids are today, Tony, right? They're always on their phones. They're always on their phones. Mine's in doing? black and white, thanks are to Are you playing handy, words with uh... friends? What are you playing? No, in case, like, breaking Angel Guardian news comes All right, you got to get close Sorry. to the microphone. Come on. How many times? We got to tell you this Is every that time? Is that it. That's Just fine. like, I haven't been yeah. on before. All right, listen. We're going to make a call to one of your sources. Mm-hmm on this story in just a second. But I wanted you to just give us the rundown. What do we know so far? What was the what was the uh what's what's the situation out there in we, we call it Diker Heights? What are we calling yeah, it? We're Diker calling Heights. it Diker Heights. Mm-hmm. What's the situation out there in Diker Heights and how are the people reacting to the the sale of this how many football field size piece Two of property? Two and a half. An entire wow. city block mm-hmm. has been sold right. and is ripe for development. What's gonna happen? What are the people saying? Go. So the Sisters of Mercy sold the property uh, earlier in early December to an unknown buyer. Yet to be named. Yet to be Yet named. To be named. Um, speculated to possibly be a foreign developer, but not A confirmed. foreign developer? Speculated. Oh. Russian. Does that mean, is that Russian or Chinese? We don't know. Um, North but, Korean? Uh, hopefully Manhattan? not. Manhattan? Um, Ooh, even worse. But uh, people are very upset because um, at this point, all that we know is that uh, there is going to be some affordable housing in the space and uh, some public space, some affordable housing and public space. But people were calling for affordable housing for I seniors. Just, I just love affordable housing. I just love the term. But people wanted affordable housing for seniors because there's a huge senior affordable housing citizen community uh, in the area, and people wanted a school because it's the most overcrowded school district in the city. It has been the most overcrowded school district in the city for a very, very long time. Listen, we're going to call. I'm gonna I'm gonna call up right now one of one of your one of the people you've been talking to about this a person who lives in the neighborhood I believe on tape record 
No, she lives directly across the street from the Angel Guardian home. Well, that would be Tabor Court. I think it's like 63rd All right, let me find it. Oscar, yeah. So do you know how to pronounce her name? Pauline Castagna. Castagna. Also known as Doll. All right, let's see what we can do. Do I got dial nine? I always forget. On the record source. Yeah, you got to dial nine. Okay. And you dial the number. And then I'm we're going to give her a call. It's Pauline. She told me she's waiting for it. I'm so. scared. She's lived her whole here. life across from the Angel Guardian she, home. I, I'm, I don't recall. Uh, we can ask her that. But she has some very strong feelings Thanks. About Let's try it again. Give that another shot. It's a very dramatic We got a new story. phone, so I don't know if that has to do with this. Something. I love don't, don't use this number. One more time. Put it on Should auto. We press that is it on auto? It's, yep. It's on okay. Auto. See if this works. Thank you. We can edit this out post production. No, we won't. <laughs> Doing it live. We'll do it live. Oh, there it is. It worked. You there? Hello. Got it. Hello. This is Vince Dimaselli on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Just Pauline. She can. I can hear her. She can't hear me. What? And she hung up. Do we uh, lose Pauline? Let's see. Let's try that. Let's no, do, this. do not use that. I'm trying it one more time. We're going to try it one more time. I think we should edit that out post-production. Yeah, I here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it this way. And then what are you going to do? Old school. Vince is, is picking up the receiver. It's a landline here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar to a dinosaur, the landline phone. And then that should pick up. That. And then you just turn this up. No, now now it's working. You hope for the best. It better work. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. There we go. All it's right. Pauline. How are you? This is Vince Dimaselli on Brooklyn Paper Radio. We're giving you a call. I'm here with uh, Julianne McShane. Hi, who, Pauline. Hiya. And I'm also here with Anthony Rotono, who's one of my deputy editors, who co- actually covers downtown Brooklyn, but still very interested in this story. Hooked. Mm-hmm. Thank. Nice to meet you, Pauline. Same here. So tell us. What's going? First of all, where do you live uh, in in regards to the development site? I live directly across the street. On what street are you on? Twelve twenty five Sixty Third Street. Oh, so you're on New York. Uh, you're on Sixty Third. So you're not in Tabor Court, where my mother grew. Yes, up. Yes, I am. Oh wait, you are in Tabor Court. The front of the house is Tabor Court. Okay. See what I said? This is what I, didn't I said. Know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. All right. Yeah. So now that now that we've established that you live in Tabor Court, do you know my mom? Joanne DiMaselli used to be Volpe. Yes, of course I do. Oh, see? Mm-hmm. She lived in my court. She wow. lived on your side of the court, That's not right, the other but side. The street on the 62nd Street side. Oh wait, on what side of the fence? On the on the on, third, your s- on the 12th Avenue side, but on the 62nd Street side. I live on the 63rd Street side. Oh wait, so you were on the other side of the fence? No, I'm on the same side of the fence, but on the different side of the street. All right, for those of you listening that don't understand what uh, Pauline and I are talking about. Tabor Court literally has a fence down the middle of the block separating one side of Tabor Court from the other. Is that, is that, is that correct, Pauline? That's correct. Now, I remember going there as a kid, very young, because my grandfather lived there until 75. Mm-hmm. So I remember going to the house every once in a while. I was only four years old, but okay. that might age me a little bit, but you, know, you get the idea. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. but I do remember there being a fence in the middle of the in the middle of the block. Right. Why? Wow. And my side of the street was called the old court, and 13th Avenue side was called the newer court. This is all very very exciting. Now, why was that fence there? 
So they didn't want nobody to go through the, you know, the cars going past the block. Ah, uh, see, that's not the story I heard. I heard that people on one... It's a private block. But I heard people on one side of the court didn't like the people on the other side no. of the court, so they put up a fence. <laughs> they drew like a line down the middle, no, like, on a, like on an episode of Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, tell us enough about tape court, which is, by the way... Did the fence come down? No, the, no, fence, the fence, fence is still there. there. The fence has been there forever. Wow. Yeah, it's is it, never going to come down. Is, wow. it, is it wrought iron? Yes, it is. It's a Berlin Wall. That is a wrought iron fence. <laughs> yes. It's cut, you know, so we could go through. People could go through now. Not with a car. No, no. No, no, you could walk just through. Just a person, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a baby carriage or something like that. Right. Okay, so now, was your nickname Baby Doll or just Doll? Doll. Who was Baby Doll? Was that... Uh, That's Diane. Diane That's is Diane Baby Doll. Mary, yeah. Okay, no, because my mother uh, my mother mentions Baby Doll. I, uh-huh. I know she mentions Baby Doll. Yeah. Okay. And my mother also had a dog named Tuffy. Right. Okay. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was a, a baby, though. I was only a baby. Oh, so you're you're a little younger than my mom. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm 61. Oh, yeah. You got yeah you got nine years on my mom. Mm-hmm. Right, at least. Maybe, te- maybe ten. All right. So, yeah, you're doing good. All right. And my dad worked at Marty's around the corner, the candy store. Okay. Do you mm. remember Marty's, or is that, mm. after, is that post you? Yeah, I remember. Marty's Candy Store. Yep. All right, so we got a lot in common. Uh-huh. But the thing we got to talk about is the Angel Guardian home. Now, when did you guys find out it was being sold, and what have you guys been doing to, uh, to find out, A, to find out what's happening, and B, to like be ahead of what's going to happen? We found out about a year ago, mm-hmm. and the nuns did it very sneakily. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. They like... Uh, they went under the table, in other words. You know what they say, money talks? Money does talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we had a very big meeting about the home, and uh, the, the Monsignor Lopinto from Catholic Charities came, and then they had to make proposals. And uh, it seems that a foreign, a foreign uh, bidder mm-hmm. made a proposal, Mm-hmm. that outbidded the other proposals. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, an architect outbidded him, but they did not accept it. Ooh. Ooh. Now, yeah. what what was the architect's plan? To leave the greenery space, uh-huh. to do a uh, senior living, uh-huh. and to leave the senior center. So that so you're saying that somebody was, was putting forth a plan that would spare the buildings and spare some of the right. green space? Um, right. In other words, it is not a landmark. Of course not. No. But mm-hmm. if it was a landmark, they couldn't take the buildings down. No. In the meantime, between... Am I on radio now? Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, but I can't tell you what I'm going to tell you. Anyway, we're having a uh, protest. Yeah, you said, you said you could talk about that. At 1 o'clock. Okay, so you guys are going to protest. Now... What is your biggest fear uh, of what's going to happen to this to this property? We don't want it to get knocked down. You want to save the buildings that are there. Exactly. And the greenery. And the yeah. greenery. Now, is that... Can, you guys don't have access to that, though. It's not like you can go and walk around over there, can you? Uh, yeah, you could. You could, but do yeah. you? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got connections. I bet Tuffy did. That's another story. <laughs> but, um... No, as far as that, but, you know, we have the senior center, uh-huh. and uh, the seniors are very uh, distraught with themselves. They can't, they can't believe it. Where are they going to go? Yeah, our sister publication, the, uh, Brook- the Bay, Ridge, Bay Ridge Courier, did a story last week. Uh, the headline is Time's Up right. for the senior center, and apparently the senior center 
was uh, kicked out before their lease was even up. Is that right. correct? The lease was in June. Mm-hmm. And then they told the nuns told them that they have to get out February 2nd. Oh. And you guys know about the toys, right? Yeah, yeah. That's you heard, another thing. You heard about the toys? Yeah. So Did that's the Sisters of No Mercy. Oh, my oh. goodness. <laughs> yeah. You're writing yeah, the headlines for us. That's what they did. No, really. No, this is this is so you you guys wanted to stay the same now, but what do you think is going to happen? They're going to knock it down, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to make condominiums, co-ops, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad thing. Yeah, because we don't want it knocked down. Okay, but not we so want much it to stay as is. Yeah, it's not so much because. Um, and more, then there'll be a lot of traffic. Oh, okay. Sure. You know, and there's no parking as it is. Like no. you say, I live on a private block, so I could park in the court. Yeah. But the poor other people that live on 64th Street, 65th, where are they going to park? You got to park the car. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where and are all those kids going to go? Three to cars. Yeah, yes, that's has another two story. Three cars. Yeah. And nobody has money. <laughs> I can't figure it out myself. <laughs> but oh. It. What were we gonna say, Julianne? You were about any, um, Pauline. Any word on relocating the Narrow Center? Well, they had an idea of 80th Street and uh, 10th Avenue in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. St. Phillips, but it's much smaller than this place. It is not a wheelchair accessibility, whatever, and it has no kitchen. Yeah. So I don't know. And then they have another place they were thinking about on 53rd and 9th, but they also have no kitchen. Hmm. So I don't know what's going to be. How have the local politicians, have you been dealing with them, talking yes, to them about they'll what? Be, they'll be at the meeting. They'll be at the uh, protest. Okay. And who you else know? did you um, tell about the protest? You asked some, like, big figures to help weigh in, right? Yeah. And also, every time we try to get in touch with the five nuns on the leadership team, they don't answer the phone. They don't want to. They're ignoring us. Mm. I think there's a confidentiality agreement. They don't talk to me either. Right, right. So we just got to wait and see. Pauline, yeah, but even the politicians, they're trying to call them, and they don't accept the call. And oh. I think the bishop has a lot to say in the matter also. Uh-oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Have, have, we talked to, have we tried to talk to the bishop? Bishop Dolan? Yeah, they tried, but, you know. No, no, I'm asking Julianne, Not yet. because she's the reporter on the beat. But that will be in the next story. Oh, there we go. There so she's going to reach out to the bishop and see what the bishop has yeah, to say. Yeah, I've been putting their phone numbers in the Facebook, the nuns, the bishop, Marty Golden, all the people, and... You know, all we could do is call, call, call until mm-hmm. they get disgusted and answer us. <laughs> One of these days they might answer yeah. that. They might pick it up. Didn't a church entity bid, put a bid down yes. for the property and not win it? Catholic Charities, which runs the senior center, bid for the property and was going to put in affordable senior housing and green space, and they were not chosen. Interesting. Mm. So it would be interesting to hear what the, what the bishop yeah, has forget, to say. The bidding that they bid was very low. Well, of course. W- right. You know? Yeah. They, they, they didn't get... Uh, like favorite son treatment, as I no, no. The rumor is that it went for twenty four or twenty five million. We right, don't. We don't know. Rumor, it's not confirmed. Truth. That's not a rumor. Wow. That's the truth. <laughs> and I believe Pauline. You and know, Catholic charities only ask for fourteen million. So you figure it out. They asked for fourteen, wow. and they got twenty what? Twenty four, twenty five. Right. But they were the first answer they were asking was thirty one. Oh wait, but, they started at thirty one. Yeah, but, it came but these down. are foreigners. Whoever bought this property, allegedly, allegedly, yeah, <laughs> allegedly. yeah. yeah. It's really a secret. Secret. Everything is a secret. Pauline That's the is problem. The problem is everything's a secret. Right. And Absolutely. the poor people that live on Tampa Court, my brethren, I'll be clear on that. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, they're you your know, people. They're trying to find out what's going on, and nobody's saying anything. And you got people like Julianne McShane fighting for you, trying to get answers. We still can't get answers, and uh, who's to say what's going to happen? Now, do you guys are you guys familiar with the zoning over there? Do you know all about how this works? Once once the bulldozers come, and what's going to happen next? No, you, I don't know. Anything you don't know. You that. just want the green space. Yeah. And you'd be okay with some senior housing or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, but, they, low, but lo, you're looking for low density, and my guess is it's probably going to be a little bit higher density than uh, than but it's certainly going to be higher density than what's there now. Right, but they can't just go in and throw up whatever they want. The zoning allows for basically what's on Tabor Court, which is three story row houses. So they could put in a little over uh, a little more than 200 apartments, right? But th- if if they wanted to build bigger or higher, they'd have to go through this long process where the public would have to would would get the chance to be involved. So there, it would be a little bit of a process, but it's certainly possible that. How would you feel with another Tabor Court? No way. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because there's only one Tabor Court. That's right. Wow. I've been saying that for years. Nobody will hear me. Well, mm-hmm. this could be Angel Court. Well, wait Angel. a second. Angel Court. Do you like the sound of that? Are you in the pocket of the developer? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's already got the name. Um, no, there's only one Tabor Court. Yeah, there is. Are, are there any locals who, who maybe see development as... As a positive, you know, with rise, uh, increasing their own property value, you know, do, does anyone in the neighborhood, you know, Beyond stand on there, the other side? Is there somebody on the other side of the fence? Exactly. That's what we're asking. Yeah. Be honest with you, um, the neighborhood changed a lot. Like every other neighborhood, it's uh, mostly Chinese around here. You have a few Italians left, mm-hmm. but... You know what it is? You got to stick together. The community has to stick together. Sure. If the community don't stick together, forget about it. Mm-hmm. It's a lost cause. Community's got to stick I, together. I would yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. We're nothing without our communities. But do you think more people wanted a s- school or do you think more people wanted no, senior housing? Absolutely not a school. Wow. All right. Oh, the phone's ringing. You're blowing up. <laughs> no, no, I just, I shut it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's the most overcrowded school district in the city, you don't think that people would have wanted a school? Mm-hmm. All right. No, no she's they saying don't no. want a school. All right. Is she saying no? Yeah. All right. There well, you go. Here's your some, answer. Some people want a school. Some people don't want a school. No. Most of the people here <laughs> don't want a school. <laughs> the people on Tabor Court or the people? No. The people in the community don't want a school. Because there's a school on right up the block here on 64th Street. There's a school on 65th Street. There's Diker Heights. There's a school on the new school, the Chinese school on 9th Avenue. Mm-hmm. There's schools all around. We don't need another school. Hmm. Where'd you go to school? Regina Parches. Ah, Regina. that's where my mother went. Mm-hmm. But only until 8th grade. Then she went to Bay Ridge High, which at the time was... was right over here. Well, it was telecommunications, right? Uh-huh. But it was all it was all girl high school. All girls. Yes, oh, yes. wow. You guys know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't. Well, no, no I you didn't, knew it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I no, did Julie, Julianne did not. But know I went that. to an all girls high school, so I'm just an all girls public school. No, this was no. a public so school. That is distinct and interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yep. I always found it interesting. It is. It is. But Regina Patches was thing. And guess who took the pictures of the class photos at Regina Patches? Get out of here. Guess you? who? No, not me. I was too. <laughs> I, I wasn't born yet. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a glint in my mother's eye. Do you remember Monsignor Trophy? No, I don't know. I don't. This is, you, this is my mom's thing. When my mom was the went to the school, do you know who took the photos? No. Volpe Photography. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Volpe. was her dad. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And they had a place on Thirteenth Avenue. Right, right. 
Wow, and I could take even further back, but that would be for Manhattan Paper Radio. His uh, no, father, no. his father, my grandfather was Vincent Volpe, my namesake, also my son's namesake. Oh, I okay, okay that's right. All right, Vincent. yeah, that's right. Uh, he had a place on 13th Avenue. Of, mm-hmm. uh, and then his dad, Achille Volpe, had a studio at Times Square in Manhattan. Wow. Right. I'm friends with your mom on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, I know. They're, they're all, you know, they like to keep in touch, the table court people. Yeah. They have a whole, their own table court. What is click. it called? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can click away. All right, listen, is there anything else you need to promote? Well, uh, whoever wants to come to the uh, meeting, it's uh, rally. It's February 2nd, 1 o'clock in front of 1230 63rd Street. Mm-hmm. We welcome everybody. Is that, that's near where? Uh, that's right in front of the senior center. Right in front of where the senior center yeah. uh, was. It is no longer right. there. Right. Well, actually, the February 2nd is supposed to be our last uh, day there. No. So are you guys planning on just staying? Like, are you just going to yes, refuse to are. leave? Nice. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Occupy Angel so, Guardian. Occupy Angel Guardian. It's <laughs> happening. It. Got to wow. do what you got to do. <laughs> it is happening. It is happening. Let me ask you a quick question before you go. How's the food at the Senior Center? Because I, I heard there's great deals at Senior Centers. Excellent. I wanted. No, this is one of the best. I wanted to send a reporter to go to different senior centers to try the food. Uh-huh. Now, yeah, this is one of the best. So you're saying if he goes to that senior center, you will not be disappointed? No, not at all. all but right. he's got to go before February 2nd. No, they're yeah, staying come there. next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're occupying it, my mistake. <laughs> we'll do a review. Yeah. Check it out. It's going to be great. All right, Pauline, I want to thank you for coming on the show and straighten his, straighten his, straightening, straightening all of us out on this because we had no idea, but we're trying our best to figure it all out. Okay. Thanks, Pauline. All right. Thank will, you, Pauline. We will be in touch, and I'm sure you'll be reading all about it in our sister publication, The Bay Ridge Courier. Is that correct? Okay. Thank you. Yes. Have a great and happy new year to you, and thanks okay. for coming on. Bye, Thank Pauline. You very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was it. That was Pauline. I can't hear myself anymore. That was Pauline. I still I, I forgot to ask her how to pronounce her last Kistagna, name. Castagna. It's said. not Castagna. <laughs> there is no the way. She is silent. The G I don't is know. silent. I don't yeah. know Let me ask you a question. It doesn't sound like an Italian do you, name. Do you pronounce As it? Do you pronounce it gnocchi? No. When you Castagna, when you order then? a nice plate of gnocchi? No. What is gnocchi? Gnocchi. It's a potato pasta. It, okay. Yeah, it's made potatoes. of potatoes. It's, it's like a potato pasta. It's delicious. Late round of applause for Doll. Oh no, she yeah. was great. She was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, Julianne, anything else you got? You got to tell us about it. We covered um, everything on this one. We, I think so. Uh, we're just waiting to find out who uh, who bought it. Um, there might be some special guests at that protest, though, right? Uh, there, well, yeah. Um, you know, Pauline reached out to some bigwigs. She's really trying to get national and even international support Whoa. for well, here, saving the, the Garden story. Home. While this is a front-page story in the Bay Ridge Courier, there's no reason why this shouldn't be a front-page story in the New York Post or the, mm-hmm. or, or the, the Daily Snooze, mm-hmm. as they call it now. Or, <laughs> you know, dare I say it, the New York Times. This mm-hmm. is going to be one of the biggest development deals in Brooklyn. It is certainly the biggest development deal in southern Brooklyn in a long time. And depending on how they go about it, depending on what they want to do, you know, what they want to build there, if it's just going to be row houses like we've talked about, or if they're going to try to seek out uh, to go higher, better, stronger, faster, taller. That was a song, right? I don't know. And Believe. Kanye. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I wouldn't know. Mr. West. No, I only like better, faster, stronger was like. Uh, yeah, was somebody one? has Radiohead or something. No, not before Radiohead, before no. Kanye. Olympic advertising. Four non blondes. Mm. Really? Remember four non blondes? Yeah. Oh come on. I probably wasn't born yet. <sighs> What's, going <laughs> What's, going What's going on? Harder. What's going on? Faster. What's going on? Stronger. What's going on? So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah. And Julianne, you will be, as they say in the trade, you know, right there. Of course, there. as I have been. <laughs> I would just like to point out. Uh, really quickly with regard to, you know, we do a lot of comparisons between northern or north and southern Brooklyn. And as far as real estate prices go, so allegedly this city block sized lot sold for 23 to 24 million. 24 to 25. 24 to 25 Mm -hmm. million dollars. And last fall, the actor Matt Damon reportedly bought the borough's most expensive condo in Brooklyn Heights atop the Standish uh, apartment building for something like $16.75 million. So for an extra $10 million, you could get an entire city block in southern Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, you, don't, you don't have the access. You don't have the views or the access, <laughs> unless you have a car, and then you could get everywhere, well, including uh, Red Hook. According to Pauline, everyone has three cars. Three cars. <laughs> My goodness, it's a requirement. Well, if you live on if you live on Tabor Court, it's okay because you got your own private parking. I think for one car, maybe two. I'm not sure. On the court itself, no one else could park there. It is a private. Do the street. homes have driveway like no. little driveways? No, it's a private street though. It's like she said, it was built. Um, I think they were built in like the early 1920s or something like that. And which would have meant it came after the Angel Guardian home. Really? Yeah, which was allegedly erected in 1899. Isn't that incredible? Wow. So yeah, it also I mean, has a lot a, of architectural it's, significance. It's a, yeah, it's a piece of history. Yep. And former orphanage, so means a lot to a lot of people. Including my, my good friend Greg Mango, mm-hmm. who was a... Uh, who will be featured in the next Angel Guardian story. You've spoken to Greg? I'm talking to him Thursday night. Oh, are you going out for a drink or something? No, on the phone. He's, just on the he's, phone. You know, he's working during the day. No, Which reminds me, also, call me with any tips about the Angel Guardian home. Ah, yes. yes. My number's go. at the bottom of every story. Every story that every every story that I write on BrooklynDaily.com, of course. If it shows up on BrooklynPaper.com, which it does, which Mm -hmm. the Guardian coverage does, because Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, no, it's very important coverage. Brooklyn Paper has a very big, uh, a long history covering Bay Ridge, Diker Heights area. Uh, We used to have the Bay Ridge Paper. So Uh, we used to have an office on uh, Third Avenue and Sixty Something Street. Oh wow! Oh yeah, we used to have an office there. Oh yeah, right. Storied history. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. we used to do it. That was Still that. doing it. Well, we used to have an office. From smaller off, from yeah. a central office. I like our central location now. Amer- I mean, you can't be America's downtown without the Brooklyn paper. No, then no you need to then have the Brooklyn paper. It's just downtown. It's just some other downtown. So, I think, uh, I think, I think we did it, guys. We're gonna cover the other what fourteen stories, or you gotta read them? <laughs> no. I, I, I would suggest reading them. They're online right now at brooklynpaper.com. Um, and if you would like to preface them with a review of the most exciting stories from last year, hey. there is also a compendium of our our best stories from 2017. So you can have a two years' worth of news at your fingertips. It's the um, best of both years. It's the best of both years yeah, um, across the borough. And, yeah, we encourage you to read them because... They're all important stories. I mean, every story is an important story, or we would not be covering it. That's true. We're not going to waste your time. No, well we said. We will never waste your time. We're not going to waste your time. But again, I want to thank my guests today, Anthony Rotuno. Thank my, you for My deputy me. editor. I want to thank Julianne Cuba, who's here earlier. That's right. Thank and you, And then Julianne. I want to thank 
Julianne McShane, who's here now. Thank you. I want to thank Johnny thank for you. doing what he does at the boards. I don't know what it is. And, he's and doing happy it. birthday. Thank happy you. Birthday wow. to Johnny. Happy birthday to Johnny. And of course, uh, Pauline <laughs> Dahl. Yep. Castagna. Yep. Castagna. Like gnocchi. Gnocchi. Like the gnocchi. And uh, I think we'll be back next week. I hope. I hope so. I hope we'll be, be great. Back next yeah, week. let's do it. All right, we'll see you next week. We're going to Cheers. Later.